Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Journey to Grateful podcast, a podcast focused on helping us understand the process of loss and grief with the help of those who are living it. I'm your host, Tim Begonia, and this is show number 56. Through this show, you and I will examine the details we've discovered during our grief journey. We will share our experiences, the good and the not so good, through the podcast, the blog, and on social media while building a community that desires more open understanding of what grief is, how it affects us all, and how best to navigate its difficult path. Be sure to join the community, subscribe to the podcast, and find quick links to do both over at journeytograteful.com. Now, if you like what you hear on the show, please share an episode or the podcast with someone you know who could benefit a community that understands the path they are on. So thank you again for joining me on this episode. Today, we will discuss what I mean when I say dare to grieve. We will examine common things you need to avoid or face when on your path with grief. I will also suggest ways that you can grieve your way while still allowing support and help along the way, and much, much more. So come along with me as we, together, dare to grieve. As a podcaster, specifically the way I podcast, I don't plan shows weeks in advance. Instead, I typically create a show the day it comes out, maybe a day ahead, but that's it. You may wonder why. Well, first of all, it works for me. And secondly, I like to create my shows based on what is happening in my life and or around me at the same time. Often taking recent experiences and using them as inspiration or perhaps a lesson for an episode. My episodes are timely, usually quite fresh and based on how I'm feeling at the time or how a part of my life has been affected as it relates to my loss. Because I create my episodes in this manner, I can pull from discussions I may have with others experiencing grief and present the result of that chat or experience nearly as it happens. Many times, I find these situations are presented to me almost on purpose as a reminder of where I've been in my grief, uh, maybe a warning of what I still have in front of me. And ultimately, a tap on my shoulder to share with you a detail or viewpoint about grief which I hadn't before shared. After all, one large tenant of Journey to Grateful is providing guideposts along our path of grief. That requires me to share insights in hopes that it arrives in your hands to help you prepare for what is still ahead. Now, today's episode, however, has come about in a slightly different manner. It came about less because of a grief experience and more because of a book a good friend of mine was reading. My friend Angie Robinson is a life and leadership coach and was actually a guest of mine on episode number 30 titled Personality Types, Support, and Choosing a Word for the Year. Angie had mentioned this book that she was reading, and the title alone gave me inspiration for this episode. Now, Angie, in fact, has her own podcast called The Practically Perfect Leader. It's a great podcast no matter if you are a leader in the corporate world, at home, or just a leader in life as we all are. I'm telling you, there are more episodes that she's put out that I can count, which connect with me on many levels. And I'm saying they connect with me 
just in life. I encourage you to check out an episode, maybe episode 14, Leading Through Life, Grief, where I was honored to be her guest. So back to this episode, Dare to Grieve. Yes, it was inspired by the title of Brini Brown's recent book, Dare to Lead, Brave Work, Tough Conversations, and Whole Hearts. Now, full disclosure here, I have not read the book, and the inspiration came solely from the title and not any of the content in the book. It just sparked an idea for today's subject. That's it. Now, I know, kind of strange to be inspired simply by the title of a book, but I'm sure if you are listening to this episode, you must have found a twinge deep inside with that particular title that made you think, yeah, I do dare to grieve. Everyone should or something like that. So this brought me right back to why Journey to Grateful was created. It's to demystify grief and allow grief to openly be shared and understood. Typically, when someone passes, the grieving is quite evident in the first weeks, certainly with gathering of photos, the sharing of the memories, and the initial embrace of family and friends who come from all over to share in your grief and to console you, your family, and each other. Now, I recall growing up in the 70s, when someone passed, grief felt like it was reserved for a two-week period of time when those family and friend gatherings occurred. You might meet cousins you never knew were cousins, and meals were left at the doorstep of the family who had lost their person to help fill the refrigerator and their bellies while they focused on nothing else but their loss. Then, after those weeks went by and families faded, life pretty much went back to quote-unquote normal. Or it seemed like that was the case from my adolescent point of view. I, I don't believe I gave much thought to the days the weeks and the months after, for those closest to the loss. It certainly should have been the next obvious step in my mind for the process of their loss, but as a kid, it was just not on my radar. And truly, that is a sad testament to the lack of empathy I seem to have had at the time, or the lack of deep awareness of the tragedy of death. And I get it. I allow for my youth, and I allow for the idea that this wasn't where any kid, or adult for that matter, wants to wallow. But the fact still remains. It wasn't much of a thought in this young Tim's mind. I suggest the world is different now. I certainly am, and thanks to experience and age and a better understanding and appreciation of how fleeting life is, that is the case now. All of this, I believe, is understandable, but I also believe it's time for more people to stand up and to dare to grieve. And I'm not speaking of holding a demonstration in the streets or printing posters or mounting a cause. But what I am saying is we should feel comfortable and empowered to grieve as we need to. Now notice I didn't say grieve as we choose, which would be okay with me as well. But for me, it's far more important for us to grieve as we need to, because that says something which is very important in grief. The fact that everyone's grief is different. Although we have much in common, those of us who have experienced great loss, 
each person's grief and their experience with that grief is indeed different and completely unique. We can understand each other's place in grief, the milestones, the grief bombs, the sudden need to be sad and embrace that sadness, but we cannot say we know what someone is going through for certain. Not exactly. We have an idea. We've been in a similar place ourselves, perhaps, but their place and our place in grief can be and is different. More specifically, I, who has lost a spouse of nearly 15 years, cannot fully understand the pain of losing a child. I just can't. But I can understand the overarching feeling of grief, the ache of their loss, and the realization of that loss being permanent. I understand that. But I cannot say I know how it is to lose a child because I just don't. I can't unless I've lost a child. Now with this episode, I want to instill in you this one seemingly simple fact. It's okay to grieve. More so, it's okay to grieve months and years after your loss. That, my friend, in fact, and for any supporters out there, that's one of the most important things for you to understand is just that. It's okay for your friend or your family member to still grieve months and years later. And I know you most likely have heard, directly or indirectly, people who seem to believe after a certain time frame you should be done grieving. To that I say a resounding no way. Not even close. And, and thus, we dare to grieve, and we should feel comfortable in doing so. There are some who believe, and falsely may I add, that grief is something you can anticipate and predict, so you should be able to handle your grief better. But nope, that is not true. Let me pose to you this question to help you better understand that point. If grief was so predictable, why are dozens and thousands and millions gathering in groups, bereavement groups, to discuss their grief? to understand it better, and share with others who understand and get it. If it was so predictable, these groups would not need to be, don't you think? There are also those who believe grief has a timeline, and they truly believe that somehow, and don't ask me how and why this makes sense, because it doesn't remotely make sense to me, somehow there's an end to grief. End to end. As though the love for your lost loved one had an expiration date as well. Seriously? That's a big no. Just no. So hear me clearly when I say, please don't listen or believe everything you hear when it comes to expectations of grief. Be selective when you have to digest other people's point of view. And by all means, feel free to disregard anyone's suggestions that has not walked a yard in those footsteps. I'd like to believe the most ridiculous beliefs are obviously incorrect. However, I'm aware that isn't always the case. Here's another fact I'd like you to consider. Your good friend, struggling with the same loss that you are battling with, may not be comfortable in facing their grief. Thus, they may tell themselves myths to get through their pain. Thus, the idea that grief has an end, it might actually be more for them than it is for you. 
because they need it to end. Some may actually believe they are helping you with this specific myth, and I'd stress that they are not. But I'll also admit, you need to be the judge of that yourself, not me. I'd even suggest that you take what I say, distill it down to what fits for you. Find other sources that support the same thing, and then decide if that's right for you. One thing I do know for certain, though, support is the key to getting through grief. Notice once again, I chose my words very carefully. I believe you get through grief, not over grief. Once again, support is the idea, the fact that grief has no end. With support, I am certain I would not be in the space I am today. And oddly enough, I will share with you my most important source for support. And I promise you, you couldn't guess it if you tried for days. My most important source for support comes from my late wife, Colleen. If you know our story, this most likely will not come as such a surprise. But if you don't know our story, you're most likely struggling to wrap your head around how my late wife could be my most important source of support. So let me explain. Colleen lost her first husband, Rob, suddenly due to an epileptic incident in 1999, when their daughter was just nine months old. I met Colleen through a friend in November of 2003, and through our relationship over the years, she taught me about grief and grace and strength by example and through her experience. And because of her experience with the loss of Rob, when it came time for us to face the truth about her fight with cancer, she told me flat out her wishes for the children and I. We had difficult conversations, and although I did not want to have those, I appreciate that she knew that we needed to. So when I say that Colleen is my most important source for support, it is coming from those difficult conversations. And it's seeded in many other discussions we had as we grew our relationship over our nearly 17 years together. Through discussions on how she was able to move forward after the loss of her husband, through walks together when we would chat about the days immediately after her loss, how confusing it was, how unworldly it seemed, and how at times she felt as though she was witnessing it all from outside of herself. Those moments she was willing to share with me, her experience with loss, with grief, and struggling to move forward, those have provided me support and insights even today, because I know what she went through. I know how she approached decisions after her loss, and I am aware of what she wants for us as a family moving forward. One example, in fact, of a seemingly innocuous conversation was about the car Rob had suggested they purchase and she was driving at the time of his passing. It was a big Ford Explorer. In her words, it was an ungodly huge vehicle. But Rob wanted her and their daughter to have a large, solid, safe car, which possibly made all the sense in the world. But when I met her, she was driving a Honda CRV much smaller vehicle. In our conversation, I asked if it was difficult letting go of the Explorer, understanding the story behind it. Without missing a beat, she simply said, nope, it was far too big for me, and I was glad to sell it. I must have seemed surprised because she went on to explain that at some point, 
She had to allow herself to realize that Rob was no longer here, and she would now have to make decisions to, to that made sense for herself, not in nostalgic allegiance to his memory. And that short discussion one day many years ago is still with me. It echoes in my mind when I decide to purchase my car. It was there when I decided to convert her closet, a small nursery, into my office. And it's still there most every day I need to make a decision. Because it makes sense. So support is certainly something that gets me through this all and helps us get through it as a family. With plenty of family and friends nearby to help when we need it, support has come in so many different ways, but always with the same purpose in mind. And that's to lift us up and help us take one more step. And we have indeed been lifted up. But you know, at times we also need to know it's just okay to ask for support. In essence, to ask for help. Part of the idea instilled in the title, Dare to Grieve, is that you need to know it's also okay to dare to ask for help. In today's world, and specifically for men, and yes, I'm looking at myself in the mirror when I say that, asking for help isn't the easiest thing to do. But you need to allow yourself to do so if you need it. Help can come in many different ways. It could be that you just need to chat with somebody, but no one is calling, so reach out. Ask someone perhaps to meet for coffee or grab a beer or stop over. I'd suggest you don't wait if you just need a friendly face or a moment away to chat about normal things. Make it happen yourself. Don't wait for someone to guess what you need. If you believe you'd like to try a bit more professional help to talk through your thoughts, your feelings, your grief, then please do that as well. Seeking professional help is not only more accepted now, it is easier than it has ever been before. I actually tried an online option myself about a month or so after my loss. It was Better help. It's actually an app. It was convenient, and at the time, because of the pandemic, it was the best choice. I was able to share my story in detail and speak to someone live, which made it more dynamic and not too disconnected. I was able to chat about my concerns, my limiting thoughts, and my expectations with the days ahead, and it actually helped but I discovered it wasn't the perfect fit that I needed. It simply filled a need at the time, but it wasn't quite me. So thankfully, a friend from uh, my bereavement group later suggested someone locally that she engaged with, and now she's my go-to person when I need to talk. Now, I understand the question you may have, why does talking to a professional work for me? Because it actually helps in many ways, actually. You see, my counselor, Tracy, is a wonderful life coach who just gets me. She listens, engages, cares, and she's able to allow me to be face-to-face with what exactly I need. And one thing that makes Tracy a priceless part of my support system is this. She doesn't let me get away with anything. Now, I know that's very nondescript, but basically, she calls me on things that I say, making me face things I believe to be true, 
but really aren't. She holds me to a high standard for myself. She allows me to dare to grieve when I need to. And in many ways, her not allowing me to simply say something without examining it a bit more in detail and admitting that it might be ridiculous, it's a lot like Colleen tapping me on the shoulder saying, "Uh uh-uh, you're not getting away with that thought. So trust me when I tell you there's someone out there that can fill the need you may have to talk through your grief, more than just a bereavement group. All it takes is for you to allow yourself the grace it takes to simply look for them. And it works for me. It helps me. Whether it can help you, I cannot be the one to say. But I will strongly suggest that you at least try. You will know that it is right for you. You will know if it helps you. You will just know. And if it doesn't, then you move on. But at the very least, try. Try it for yourself. Try it for the one that you've lost. And try it for the family at your side. Now, to close out this episode, I'd like to examine a bit more of the overall idea of daring to grieve and how that might look for you. I want to provide you permission right now to do just that. Dare to grieve. Which is to say, stop making excuses not to grieve. Hmm. I'm thinking that may have struck a nerve for you. Stop making excuses not to grieve. Stop allowing yourself to feel like you can't grieve. Now, I'll assume if that is where you are with your grief... It may be based on someone else's comments to you about grief or perhaps the way that you grieve. Now, let me be specific. They have no right to express their feelings of grief and the manner in which they believe you should grieve unless they have walked a mile in your shoes. So stop allowing someone else to rent space in your head about grief. I'm sure you have enough to deal with up there in your own head. If you're like me, the thoughts that come to your mind are just incredibly crazy. And I have no other way of explaining it. That's the way I want to explain it. You see, I myself will suddenly think of specific moments during our in-home hospice experience back in June of 2020. Something specific I have no need to remember at the moment, nor care to remember ever. But there it is. And I I try, I try my best when that happens to make a concerted effort to push it out. It doesn't belong there any longer, so I need to try to actively push that away. What I do try to allow in my head is my grief and how that is currently affecting me at the time. I don't push that out or stuff it down because I know for certain that it will pop back up 10 times worse if I don't allow space for it right now. So I allow myself to understand that sometimes I need to grieve. It could be as simple as remembering details of the funeral mass, the gathering of my friends and our family, which embraced me in a feeling of incredible support. Or maybe allow myself to listen to that song I seem to have been craving for days, even though I'm aware that I may cry because of it. But I have to allow myself to be okay with that. So I dare to grieve when I need to. I dare to grieve when I have to. And I dare to grieve not only for myself, but sometimes for others. Because sometimes me sharing my grief is to help others face theirs. 
So before I give you my final thoughts, I want to share with you something that I found online. It was actually posted by a friend of mine, and I wanted to read it because I just thought that uh, these words are just absolutely wonderful. And it kind of uh, brings home the whole thought of why grief lasts so long. We talk about them not because we're stuck or because we haven't moved on, but we talk about them because we are theirs, and they are ours, and no passage of time will ever change that. Is that not wonderful? No passage of time will ever change that. I think that's absolutely fantastic. It's so good. So please walk away with these key ideas when you dare to grieve. Feel comfortable enough to grieve freely. Be careful of the grief beliefs of others. Find time for yourself in whatever you need to help you adjust to your loss. Don't allow yourself to make excuses not to grieve. Encourage and welcome support in every way that it comes to you. Allow yourself to ask for help when needed. And lastly, find someone to talk to, either someone who gets it or a professional. Find someone who can coach you through the unknown path you're on by listening to you and offering honest feedback that forces you to face yourself and your grief with confidence. Thank you again for joining me on the Journey to Grateful podcast. I am so thankful for you being here each and every week. Please stop by the community and let your voice be heard. Share your story. Ask your questions. I am so glad if I can possibly help. Head over to journeytograteful.com slash community to access our social media channels on Facebook and Instagram. Request to become a guest on the podcast. I'd love to hear your story. Or contribute to the blog with your story if you'd rather write. While you're on the site, sign up for my bi-monthly newsletter designed to provide you inspiration and motivation. And also, I invite you to connect with me directly. Via email, you can get me at tim at journeytograteful.com or through my voicemail, 262 298 2428. That's 262-298-CHAT. Feel free to leave me a voicemail, or if you'd rather, just simply text that number. And lastly, I'd like to ask you, if you like the show, please share the show, the podcast with a friend. Take a couple minutes to rate and review the show over at Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to helping this podcast get in front of those who need it. Lastly, I found today's quote while searching quotes on grief. It has no one attributed to it, but I would suspect it is echoed among everyone who has ever lost someone close. The loss is immeasurable, but so is the love left behind. And when I first read this, it took me immediately back to something I speak of quite often, and that is those who believe that grief has a deadline and an end date. Which, as you might know, because I mentioned it a bunch of times in this episode, I do not believe, and in fact, know for certain, 
that it does not have an end date. The quote speaks to this when it talks of the love left behind, which in essence is grief. Grief is the the expression of love which has no place to go. Your sorrow and your despair, that empty ache deep inside, that is your love for that person which now is in search for them. So remember, those feelings inside, that ache and that sorrow, that undefinable feeling deep inside, you are not alone in experiencing this. And at Journey to Grateful, you are among friends who can help you through your grief and everything that comes along with it. So thank you again, my friends, for joining me today. Let me know your thoughts on today's episode or any previous episode. And for those who are walking on their path with grief, I hope you find a way to walk confidently on your journey to grateful. Bye-bye.